Welcome to Elevenses with me, Danielle Perry, where this week I'm joined by two guests who star in a warm-hearted seasonal film called Last Train to Christmas. So how are you both? Are you good? Great, thanks. How are you? Yeah, I'm well, thank you. Although I've got a slight problem with listening to you. One second. Oh, wait, I haven't muted myself, have I? That's something that I would do. Hang on. So that's Natalie Emmanuel, who's familiar to millions for being Miss Sunday in Game of Thrones, but who plays Sue in Last Train to Christmas. Have you started to wish that there was a mute button just in life, generally? (laughs) That would be kind of quite good, wouldn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Let me just turn that down a little bit. Her other half in the film is Tony Towers, played by Michael Sheen, known for his roles in Good Omens, The Good Fight, The Twilight Saga, and his lockdown buddy comedy staged with David Tennant. So do you know um, do you know what Elevens is, is the podcast that you've signed yourselves up to this morning? I'm going to guess yep. that it takes place at about 11 o'clock in the morning. You're on, yeah. <laughs> and it's a play on, um, oh, do you fancy little Elevenses? It's a little sort of coffee, coffee break chat. Yeah, exactly. And the crux of it, the format we've like loosely hung it on is the same 11 questions to every guest. <sighs> so thank you very much for both of your company this morning. Our short but enlightening chat took place remotely, so all three of us were each in a different place. Are you coffee or tea drinkers? Do you have early mornings on set together? I'm a big coffee drinker. You don't drink coffee, do you, Nat? Not anymore. I like occasionally, but I'm more of a tea drinker. I was I was like pounding the coffee for a long time and it didn't it's not a good thing for me. <laughs> so I had to like cut it out and then it's just like an occasional treat. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. If if Natalie gets too much caffeine, she goes mental. Yeah, I'm a nightmare to be around. <laughs> well, I watched Last Train to Christmas last night. I absolutely love it. Oh, wow. It's so interesting, the format of it. I really, truly, I want to watch it again. Yeah. Now I'm in the zone of it, the mindset. I think it's one of those that you can keep revisiting. You must be so thrilled it's coming out, both of you. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah. I've always wanted to be in a Christmas film. Have you done one before, Natalie? No, this is my first one. Yeah, me too. So Christmas, I love time travel and I love trains. (laughs) So it ticks all my boxes. (laughs) When was it filmed? Did you have to get really into the Christmas spirit quite early on? Was it quite strange to sort of like zone into that? You're professionals, of course, but how far ago was the, uh, the Christmas mindset required from you both? It was sort of summertime, wasn't it, I think? Well, I did my filming kind of in August yeah so yeah it was Christmas in August for me but we were in a studio in Wales yes because the whole thing takes place on a train so we were in a in a studio and there was a they had to knock walls down in the studio to lay train track through the studio so that each of the carriages because each carriage is of a different decade so they had to bring the carriages through the studio on the train line and then we would film in this one train carriage with these screens all around us to make it look like we were out in the world but in fact we were just in this one studio for for months so it could have been any time of the year outside to be honest (laughs) Uh, well you kind of just gave a nice synopsis actually because last train to christmas takes place of course on a train that just by moving through the carriages can magically transport you to different times and stages of life so it launches quite nicely into one of our questions of the 11 if that's all right which is if you could transport yourself to a time and place where you were your happiest where and when would that be can we start with you michael oh goodness me i mean i have to say i'm i'm pretty happy now i'm not sure i would go anywhere i think i would sort of 
I think I would just buy a ticket for this station, I think, and this this train. I mean, I would like to, I wouldn't mind going back in time just to revisit certain times. You know, people that you've lost, you know, I'd love to go and see my grandparents again and, and maybe kind of revisit me when I was younger and, and prettier and, and full of confidence and energy and enthusiasm. Um, but And I certainly wouldn't want to go forwards. I don't want to know what's coming ahead, you know. Um, so I, but but on the whole, I'm pretty happy with this little bit of the train journey, to be honest. Yeah, it's nice. Mm. How about you, Natalie? Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, I I sort of like Michael. I don't really want to know what's going to happen, um, but I definitely, yeah, I'm quite content actually. But when I think about one of the funnest times in my life was when I kind of first started getting into performing and it was a very exciting time when I was like 10 years old I did the Lion King when it came to London and it genuinely was like the funnest thing ever like I would love to just go back and be 10 years old and just take it all in a bit more just like knowing what I know a bit and just kind of go back and I don't know I think I was so young and I just didn't really like understand everything that was going on and I just would love to just do that show again <laughs> for the as a, as a kid. I took my five-year-old to see The Lion King a couple of weeks ago and I was in bits, you know, the opening scene, I was literally weeping because it was the first sort of cultural exchange I'd had since the lockdown and just to see her watching it. Oh gosh, and that song will get you going even, even you know, without a global health pandemic and the shutdown of all the theatres, like it really, even on a regular day, so yeah. Yeah, it's the most beautiful show, blew me away. Now, back on to Last Train to Christmas, which also features cameos from the far show's John Thompson and confessions of a window cleaner's Robin Asquith. The film combines the moral lessons of a classic like It's a Wonderful Life with the alternate realities of the 1998 film Sliding Doors. It also delivers a whistle-stop tour of familiar fashions, music and technological crazes from the past 70-something years. Um, I really enjoyed watching the film because it took me back. It was it was sort of nostalgic for me because it reminded me of my father and the fashion he wore throughout the decades, the 90s, which was my heyday. And looking back at like, I was like, oh my God, they've got bottles of hooch, you know, and it was real sort of markers, really nice little kind of detail that takes the, the viewer back. So that was a really lovely moment. If you could go back to a time in your life, whichever decade it could be, the second question today might be, what is your biggest life lesson, Michael? Ooh. Well, in terms of what decades go back to, I would definitely like to go back to the 80s. Right. I mean, the, the kind of baseline in our film is 1985. So we, we join Tony's life in 1985. So that's his kind of his norm. And he's got he's sporting quite a hairdo in the in the mid 80s. <laughs> it really took me back when we were filming those the 80s bits. It really made me think of the 80s. And that was a big decade for me. I was I mean, I went through my teen years in the 80s, so that, that kind of was very significant for me, I think. And, and all those little cultural markers, yeah, the, now that's what I call music, cassettes and all that kind of stuff. So I would definitely love to revisit that for all the trappings of the 80s. But also, I think, for, uh, I guess, life lessons, I suppose. You know, teenage years, there were big things going on for me. It all seemed incredibly dramatic. And, and I suppose, ultimately, the lesson that I've learned as time has gone on is, is that thing that, you know, all things pass, whether they're good or bad, whether you're going through what you think is the worst time of your life or the best time of your life. 
things move on and they're cyclical and, and, you know, it's never as bad as you think it's going to be. And when it is really good, really enjoy it because it'll, you know, it'll, it'll go away and then maybe come back again. But to kind of hold on to that, um, that kind of impermanence of life, which can seem like a terrible thing when you first experience it. But actually, I think as you get older, it becomes quite a comforting thing mm. that nothing is permanent and, and that there's something sort of wonderful in that, I suppose. Yeah, 100%. Absolutely agree with that. We're going to sort of flip-flop through the questions and not ask both of you each because I know that time is, is my enemy. So we're going to go back now, Natalie, to the next question for you, which is um, what is your first or clearest memory of childhood? You say that you, know, you were acting quite young, that incredible role in The Lion King, but taking it right back for you, what's your earliest memory? That's a really hard one because I think, I don't know, I definitely remember like my first day at school. Like I remember, because I, I started like a nursery when I was, three but I also have a remember of going to a place before that and just being so devastated that my mum left me there <laughs> like I mean to be honest I'm still devastated I'm not with my mum every single day of my life but um <laughs> but yeah like where the nursery was is this community centre near where we lived and the road that my mum used to walk up used to be like directly opposite to go home and I remember I have a memory of like sitting at this window being like <laughs> mum because I can see her like walking away <laughs> and yeah it's probably not my earliest but it's a very vivid like oh I don't want to stay here without my mum oh. but yeah and what about you Michael one of my earliest memories I remember when I was at drama school we had a playwriting teacher who tried to get us to to write down our earliest memories and then we had to get our the other actors in our year to act it out and that was really weird and I remember so I remember the thing I did that I wrote down was a memory that I had of I must have been I think I must have been about 3 because I have a sister who's 3 years younger than me and so my memory is me walking along a corridor and it's sort of quite dark, walking along a corridor and there's a doorway and the door is shut and I'm just turning the, the doorknob to go in through the door and then I hear a voice from downstairs going, Michael, what are you doing? <laughs> and then I very slowly close the door again and I know that my baby sister is inside that room. Oh, God. What I was going to go and do in that room, I don't know. <laughs> I clearly did not want her around anymore. <laughs> Next question. If there's a work of art that takes your breath away, Michael, what would that be? A piece of music or a painting or anything like that? Whew, a work of art. Well, I just, um, I'm in Glasgow at the moment and I just very recently went to the uh, art gallery here and they have Salvador Dali's painting of uh, Christ on the Cross from above. I can't remember what the name of the painting is, but um, it's a very famous painting, sort of looking down on the crucifixion. And it's an amazing painting. It's one of my favourite paintings of all time. And, um, and to see it in front of you, was that was just incredible. And that really did take my breath away. When you see these amazing pieces of art, but in, in life, right in front of you, it was, that was amazing. So I'll say that. Yeah, we'll look it up and we'll tweet through to that so people can have a look as well. Um, in the film, Last Train to Christmas, there are some incredible outfits going on. It's just like, whoa, like you're saying, like the hairstyles and all sorts. It's, it's brilliant. Um, Natalie, is there one item of clothing that you could not be without? Me? Um, uh, yes, I have, <laughs> I have a, a hoodie that I bought at my 
first ever concert that I was allowed to go to like without a parent and it was the Fugees and it was their like reunion tour like 10 year reunion tour or something and I was 15 and I got on the train from South End all the way to Hammersmith all on my own with my friend which was all very exciting and so like that hoodie I still have and it's like I don't know like I just always have it like I always will always have it forever. Mm, something you just never could say goodbye to. Um, <laughs> of course, it was uh, absolutely brilliant to see you in Game of Thrones. That must have been such a moment for you to get that casting. I was wondering how, how scary that was to arrive on set for the first day, alongside my next question to you, Natalie, which is what scares you? Ooh, um, it's so funny because it kind of... <laughs> what what um, what scares me? I, I, I guess... My biggest fear really is just like not feeling like I lived my life like to the fullest and like had enjoyed it the most as much as I could. And like, I don't ever want to look back and be like, oh, I wish I'd done that or wish I'd done that. And I think that's quite a big fear of mine. But in terms of going into like a new project or anything, that's really exciting for me, actually. You can sometimes like the little insecure part of your brain can go, oh, are you going to do well? Are people going to like you? And, you know, all of that. But it's ultimately really exciting to start something new and meet new people. And it's just a great opportunity to like absorb and learn and meet great talents and people. And so, yeah, I don't really find that scary, but definitely like not fulfilling living my life to the full is something that worries me. Seizing opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Michael, I loved your lockdown series stage. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. We <laughs> were sort of with friends with people like David Tennant, etc. Who is your best friend, though? Who is my best friend? Yeah. Um, well, I've been very lucky that I've, I've, got, I've still got friends, very close best friends from when I was very young, really. So I've got my friend Howell, who I've known since I was a little kid back in Wales. Uh, and uh, we've lived together off and on through the years. Uh, and um, and I spent a big chunk of my life in America uh, when my daughter was growing up there. And I, and I really found it hard to be away from, you know, my friends, close friends, especially during those years as we were having children. And, you know, I think that's a time when when close friends are really important to you as you're getting older and, and, and your responsibilities in your life is changing to be able to kind of share that with, with, with close friends. And that was quite difficult. I remember. So I've really now, I really make the most, I think I try to make the most of having close friends. And I've been very lucky that, you know, if, I think as you go through your career as well, you, you know, you pick up friends along the way and, and maybe you don't see each other that much, but the friends like Julian, who who directed uh, Last Train to Christmas, I've been friends with him since we were at drama school, and I, and he's one of my absolute best friends. And we might go a year or something without seeing each other or talking to each other. But as soon as we you know talk and meet again, it's like we were just talking five minutes ago. And I think that becomes more and more important as well. Yeah, absolutely. My time is up, I'm afraid. I had a few more about recurring dreams and stuff, but I have to save that for if I can uh, get you into the studio maybe at a later date. Perhaps that's for the best. You don't want to hear mine. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I adored Last Train to Christmas. I think people will too. It's like, like I say, you can go back and get more from it every single watch. Lovely to meet you both. Thank you, Danielle. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Natalie, Emmanuel and Michael Sheen, in our short time together, we managed seven of the 11 regular questions. Not too bad. Glad we got to hear the story about Michael's sister. Last Train to Christmas featuring Mr Sheen's blonde 1980s mullet premieres this coming Saturday, the 18th of December on Sky Cinema and will also be available on the streaming service now. 
So next time, two more actors, two more film stars, and a story of heroes and villains. Do you have a recurring dream you'd be willing to share? Yeah, but it's really dark and I'm not comfortable saying it. <laughs> I'm in it, covered in butter. <laughs> no, no, it's that I've done something terrible and in the dream it's very real. Wow. It's guilt, it's guilt. <laughs> Concluding Series 2 in a big, big way, Ray Fiennes and Reese Ifans join me for Elevens' fresh from the premiere of The Kingsman. Thanks for listening. I'll see you then. 